Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rise of Ice podcast. I'm so excited you're here for another episode. This was a really, really, really fun one, and I am so excited to share today's guest with you. Um, we are also up to 100 episodes, so this is our 100th episode. So thank you so much um, for joining us, whether you're listening in today, this is your first episode, or you have been an OG subscriber, then thank you so much for making this um, podcast possible. I have absolutely loved each one of these episodes. There will be so many more coming. I have so many exciting new guests, so many um, exciting new topics coming in the new year as well. So firstly, thank you. So for the 100th episode today, I have a beautiful interview that I'm sure you are all going to love and enjoy, dive into. I highly recommend this read of what you're about to learn about as well. And for the next couple of episodes, I'm going to give the give you the best of. So to celebrate 100 episodes, we're going to have the best of, and it's going to be little tidbits of everyone that we have had on the podcast over the past 100 episodes. So I'm very, very excited about that. Other news. Once again, Booksprout is supporting this um, podcast. So thank you so much for Booksprout for uh, being an incredible sponsor this year. I highly recommend Booksprout for anyone. If you're an indie author or if you're looking at self-publishing or if you want to be a hybrid author, then I highly recommend listening in to this episode, but also jumping on Booksprout because getting your um, beta readers and get it, which is actually spoken about in this episode, and getting your uh, review early reviews for your book is super important and you can do all of that you can create your readership and your community over on Booksprout so check that out now and also it is brought to you by my journal series so the writer's journal which you can now get on Amazon the writer's journal by Olivia Hillier and this is for anyone who is literally wanting to write a book or wants more of a structure when they are looking at writing a book. It has everything that you need in it. So the writer's journal has all of your like character, all of your characterization. So to really break down and get to know your characters, your protagonists, your um, love interest, friends, and whoever else are the main characters of your book is all in there together. Um, you've got world building, you've got brain dumps, everything that you need to write a book and to create a good structure and put it all together, but then to also keep yourself accountable is in the writer's journal. Other than the writer's journal, we also have a TBR journal and coming up, this is December, so if you're coming up and thinking you and you're already building your TBR reads, and today I'm also going to add one to your list, so you better jump on that. If your TBR list is super long and you're like, you know what, guys, I'm going to get about this today. I'm going to make sure that these are like really out there. Uh, sorry, really out there. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm recording this very, very early. I mean, like, I really want to make sure that I get the most out of my reads and, and my reviews, etc. And put them all together and then look back on your year of all the books that you've read, all of your thoughts, all your favorite quotes, and have a fun little system for that. And the TBR journal is also on. Um, Amazon as well, or you can grab it all at Olivia Hillier Author and at OliviaHillierAuthor.com, um, which you can see a little bit more of the inside as well than what Amazon will give you. But anyway, that's a little, my little spiel. I have so much more exciting stuff to share with you over the next couple of weeks. But once again, thanks for being here. Episode 100. Let's get into the interview. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. 
Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. I am very excited because today I am joined by fantasy romance author Alexis L. Maynard. So thank you so much for joining us, Alexis. And you're hot on the, hot on um, a very new release, which I'm really excited to talk about today as well. Yes. Now, I want to get, uh, before I get into all of your books, I want to start from the very start and kind of go back to when was the moment when you were like, okay, yeah, I think I want to go down this writing path. Like, I think that I could be a writer. When, when did this all start for you? Um, you know, I I mean, I think every day I'm still just like, can I do this? <laughs> but I think, like, the the one thing that changed was when um, I got picked up by my small press. Um, it's always good to have, like, an outside influence kind of say, yes, you are good, like, some little, little validation um, from a professional and like, yes, you, you're, you're good. You can do this. You're, if, and I just, um, I got like uh, a lot of, when in my, in my query process, I guess you could say, um, when I was trying to go traditional at first, I got a lot of praise and a lot of like, your writing's really good and all this. And so I, I got a lot of validation, like in the early days, um, when I was querying and stuff. So that did help. It kind of gave me a little hope that mm, maybe I can do this. Um, and then of course, when I came out with like my first book and I actually got like decent reviews and like people were like, oh, I loved it. This is so good. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I can, maybe I can do it. Um, but yeah, just getting a book out at a time and seeing my growth, I think has really been the biggest motivator and the biggest, like, I can, I can do this if I, you know, work hard enough and keep chipping away. 100% absolutely and when was the first time when you're like okay cool I'm gonna sit down and write a book was it the last order or did you have a couple of other books before them so I have I have my series that I published with the small press um my first book that I ever wrote that I actually sat down and wrote will never see the light of day ever, <laughs> <laughs> ever. it's not good but it was it got me into it and it taught me how to write a book I guess you could say um so I actually wrote whenever I uh, it was COVID. I know a lot of people started writing during COVID, um, but I just had a baby. I couldn't go anywhere and I couldn't go back to work because he was kind of sick. And so I was locked in my house, couldn't talk to anybody, couldn't do anything. And so I was like, let me just write a book. I have this story that's been in my head for like years. Let's just get it out because it's not like I have anything better to do. And I can't sleep anyway because my kid's not sleeping. So, you know, let's just type it out and uh, I think it took me like two three months and yeah I had like an 80,000 word document and I was like oh this is fun I like this this is cool oh my gosh that's amazing yeah is that the one that won't see the daylight or was this the that's the will not see the light oh. no never <laughs> <or>. <laughs> I absolutely love those though because I feel like everyone every author has one and I feel like it's kind of great to just like put away keep there yeah yeah also like to look back at see how far that you've grown with each one as well yeah 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 and for anyone listening who is working on something right now they're like 
oh my god this is you know you've got that I mean I feel like everyone is going to have that oh is this good you constantly question yourself because you can never read your book as a reader but I just know that getting that first one out I think is is really important so where did it go from there (laughs) so I I hired like a um an editor to give me like an editorial assessment just to kind of go through it and not do why is my thing going off I'm sorry you're right (laughs) um I just hired an uh, editor just to look it over and just give me an assessment just like what's the strong points what are the weak points what I need to work on which was pretty much everything of course because it was my first book um she gave me advice on like where to go from there and how to query and stuff and um yeah, I think querying really helped too because there are some agents that do give some feedback and kind of help you along and stuff. And so that that really helped. Um, but while I was querying that book, I started writing another one because that, that's the big advice, you know, like they say, when you're querying, stop worrying about that book, write your next book while you're waiting. So I'm like, okay, I'll start writing a new project. And, I, and that's the one that um, got me my small press deal. So... That's amazing. And that's The Last Daughter? That, no, that one is A Night of Wings and Starlight, which is um, published by City Owl Press. My salt, oh, my salt nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, excellent. And then um, I wrote those two books. And while I was waiting for the second book in that little series to be published, I wrote The Last Daughter. And I wrote that book in like a month. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I just blacked out and it was there. <laughs> and so... <laughs> um yeah so I yeah I wrote the last daughter way too quickly <laughs> but um I, I spent a lot of time afterwards like fixing and editing it so I wrote it in like five, four or five weeks but I spent like months rewriting it so um so yeah that was, yeah was and best. I feel like with each one you don't know like that's the thing like all different stories are going to come out in different ways right some of them like you can see fully visually and it can come out yeah. super quick but otherwise like mm, I've got to like tinker with these yeah these little things a bit so you you do have some books with a small press and you are um self-publishing some as well is that correct right so I'm kind of hybrid at this point um I did my first two books with City Owl just because I had no idea what I was doing I never published a book before and so it was really nice to have someone who knew the business who was like this is how you edit it this is what we're going to do um and then just kind of go through the whole process with me that way to where it's kind of like holding my hand and going through the ropes um so when I got this when I self-published um The Last Daughter because it just it didn't fit the press at the time and like their uh their brand and everything so I was like well let me just self-publish it and we'll see what happens you know because why not um and yeah and it did it did pretty good uh for my very first self-published book so I was happy about that yeah that's amazing and your books are so beautiful are you going to kind of stay in the like hybrid space because I feel like this is a a whole new thing for authors now and even like uh, most authors are doing it I feel like it's a kind of way to go like having that small press or even like a larger press but then also having some of your own Mm -hmm. to keep those rights and also the way to play around with the business as well how do you find being a, a hybrid author I enjoy it. Um, I do think that there are just some books that work really well self-published and there's Mm -hmm. some books that are just better traditionally published. Um, I, when I was first starting, I never thought I would enjoy doing it by myself. Like I thought that was like the scariest thing ever. Um, I didn't want creative control. I was like, please someone else just do this because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, But now that I do know what I'm doing, it's really hard now to go back to like 
giving someone else the reins, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and like handing over that. That's, there's a lot of trust now that goes with it. Like I'd have to like really trust if someone wanted to pick up an, a book of mine or whatever, I'd have to really trust them and what they put out so far to like to give another book out, I guess. Um, Cause I mean, I've worked so hard to build my readership now. So, uh, and I'm used to the, the, the royalties and everything. So yeah, I would definitely, I, I would definitely still consider doing going traditional um, just because self-publishing is very hard and it's very taxing and takes a lot of time out of your day and your life. So I would like to go traditional one day. Yeah. I'm building up to that. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting though with everything that you said. And I want to go back to the fact that you didn't want creative control. And now I look at your books and I'm like, like I am dying over the House of Bane and Blood. And I saw a writer yeah. get like the sprayed edge ones. And I am just like, oh my God. <laughs> now I'm having fun. So I'm like, okay, this is actually really fun. I like this. Um, okay. Uh, I've been really lucky. I think I've just been really lucky to find the right people at the right time. Um, with The Last Daughter, like I found um, Gabrielle. Her, little, her last name's like Italian, so I'm not sure how to pronounce it exactly. Uh, but I found her on Readsy of like a professional website and uh, connected with her there with House of Bane and Blood. Someone on my Instagram who I do like book tours with, um, she was like, hey, I have this person over here who is starting to do covers for indies um, just to, just as like a passing thing. And I was like, oh, okay. And I started looking at her stuff and I was like, oh, this would be so good for House of Bane and Blood because it's very like gas lamp, very like gritty yeah. and empty and stuff. I was like, oh, she's going to be perfect. So I was so lucky to find Gretchen because she had like, all, like right off the bat, she had the vibe. So yeah, that is excited. amazing. And then you also get like, you build a whole connection throughout the community and you do get to have yeah. some fun playing right. with it. But at the same time, I get what you mean because it's like, it takes a lot of work when you are like it is fun but it takes a lot of work when you are when you are doing all that what's some advice that you would give to someone who you know is looking to go down the self-publishing route where where would you like suggest that people start with that I know that's a very broad question yeah if you're trying to do it for the first time um I would say beta readers are a must mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't know they existed when I first started. Like, I didn't know that's what you did. Like, um, like you write a book and then you send it to other people. Um, and I wouldn't go with friends. I would go with like people who are going to like actually critique your work and tell you mm -hmm. that, yeah, this isn't good. This needs work. And, um, and just be open to advice because you're not perfect. You just need to come right off the bat. You're not perfect. You're not going to, the first book is probably not going to be your best book and that's okay. Um, but you, it, as long as you're like open to critique and advice, sending it out, get it in front of other people and away from yourself. That's probably like my best advice. That's the only way you're going to grow is getting other people to like help you along the way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's really interesting too. I feel like this is something that needs to be talked about most uh, more when it comes to the self-publishing route mm -hmm. of what you said. Of, I've worked so hard to build my readership. And so it's kind of like, this is, I, I've seen so many authors do this and then they get offered something traditional. It's like, okay, cool. It's got to be a big deal because yeah. to go back to like a small, uh, uh, like to go back to a smaller press after you've put in that whole work for higher royalties to build mm -hmm. your, your readership, right? It's, um, mm -hmm. it's 
a whole a whole other thing so we like how would you also that's how would you give advice for people who are like maybe starting to put themselves out there on marketing etc Uh, Well, I mean, I would just start by making connections, like genuine connections are going to get you much further than just like, hey, I'm a writer and I'm writing this, come see what I'm doing. Like you, I I started out, so I didn't have my book out yet. So I just started out just posting books that I liked and connecting with people that had the same interest as me and the same genre as me. Um, And I made a lot of like friends, I guess, like really good friends that became readers, you know, as I was putting the book out. Um, but I, yeah, I just made like genuine connections and so like steadily, and it took a long time, of course, you know, and just kind of steadily grew and grew. And, um, and then after a while, like I just started having some reels take off and some TikToks take off. And then like, I started getting bigger numbers and I was like, oh, this is much nicer, <laughs> but you know, still working hard to make genuine connections because even, even with 12,000 followers, I still try to like comment on everything I'm tagged in or like something I'm tagged in or repost something, you know, just, um, but yeah, make genuine connections because that's really helpful to to connect with readers. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'm sure like at the end of the day, you want that too, right? It's kind of like if someone reads your book, you want to be like, actually, yeah, like you, that's the best yeah. part of when someone's like, oh, it's, cool. Now I can actually talk to this yeah. about well, with someone. Validating. Yeah. Really hundred percent. Okay. You need to tell us all about your new release. I want to know, give us, give us, like, can you give us a little bit of a synopsis? And for anyone listening, you need to go to Alexa's Instagram right now. I'll, I'll get you to mention it soon and I'll make sure that it's in the show notes because the actual like details and the beauty of this book is so gorgeous. So they need to see it while you, while you talk about it, but give us a, give us a little bit of a rundown of the house. Of all right. Blood. So I'll tell you like whenever I was starting to write a new book so I just finished the second book The Last Daughter and then I had a baby so like I literally finished Silent Sun a week later had a baby and so wow. I was like, a couple weeks later um I was starting edits with that and then I was starting to brainstorm a new book because I was like I gotta keep going you know gotta keep pushing out books so uh <laughs> I I don't know what I was doing I was I started a new book I didn't know really where it was going but I was just kind of like feeling out the vibes and then all of a sudden I was like five weeks postpartum my husband's like at work all day and I'm just sitting at home alone so I'm like let me put on Peaky Blinders I love it because I've never watched it before and it opened up and I was like yes <laughs> this is what I've been looking for my whole life <laughs> and then there was the scene where John Boy's like getting into arranged marriage and I was like that's my hook that's what we're doing our date on arranged marriage yes and so I started writing that um and I, I literally, I don't know. I just had no idea what I was getting into, but like the characters really, really took off and made it what it is today. So it is, I pitch it as Peaky Blinders meets the Grishaverse because the magic system that I developed is um, closest to the Grishaverse is what I could like cop, I guess. Um, it's very difficult to describe, um, but so they're, is basically just this city and it's divided by magic and like you've got remnant row which is where all the like magic descendants of these you know saints with magic and stuff live and then you have everyone else in the districts um south of this river that splits everybody and so um the 
FMC is an heiress of this locomotive company. Her family's very rich, very powerful, uh, but they're going bankrupt because they got into this war with this rival family a long time ago and they have no money. So her brothers have decided to sell her, basically sell her off to this other family in the districts who are equally wealthy and powerful. And they agree to buy her hand in marriage as and get like a share in the company as well. So, and so we have all that settled up in line, ready to go. Well, she sneaks out her first night or the night before her wedding, she meets this guy, this random guy in a bar and they head it off, but she can't see him again. Cause you know, it's, she's getting married tomorrow. Well, she shows up at her wedding the next day and lo and behold, he crashes the wedding and he is the leader of this rival family um, that, basically is the reason she's bankrupt in the first place, but he offers her an offer that she can't refuse, and they start this big, long adventure together, so um, that's basically the beginning of it. <laughs> I am obsessed, it's just so epic, and, and like, is this a standalone, or is there going to be? A- yeah. So the whole series is going to be four books, but Nico and Camilla's series is just a duet, and then there will be another couple that do the next two books. Oh my gosh, I love this. And I and what I also love reading stories like this when you're still in the same world, but there's there's other people that yeah. you can take on. However, I've never actually wrote anything like this because I'm like, to me it still sounds really difficult. <laughs> I don't I don't know why, but I like love reading these stories that yeah. were kind of like you're in the same world. But yeah, like, have, you about that? have you got up to have you got up to that part yet? Or are you like into the writing of the next couple? I'm not into them yet, but I have like my ideas for them. Yeah. Like I have like how I want it to end and what I want their like tropes to be, I guess. Like I know what I want to write for them. Um, I'm almost, I'm like 80,000 words into book two. So I'm almost done with it. And then I hope to start writing that one in January. This is so amazing. Like a few weeks off and then start that book. So. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is this is another thing too about like it's it's a full on process, right? How is your like writing process now? Because you've got is have you got two kids now? Yes, I have yeah, two yeah. Kids. <laughs> and young, right? <laughs> yes, I have two. Two, yeah. One of them's three, and one of them's almost one. Yeah, she's about to turn one. Wow. So what does your daily writing routine look like? And do you get one out before you start the next or are you kind of like working between projects? Oh, I I can only do one at a time. Some people do like multiple and I'm like, "Mm, my brain, not, I don't have room for that. So we just do one at a time. Um, But yeah, I, I write during nap time. That's about the only thing I can do. So yeah, but I try to put both my kids down at the same time. That way I get like, okay, two hours, this is my block. And so I'll start writing. And then um, they'll I'll put them to bed at like eight, nine o'clock at night. My three-year-old will roll around till 10, 30, 11 o'clock. But, you know, he'll, he goes down. <laughs> um, and I'll write until like 12 o'clock, one in the morning. So, oh my God. you know, just kind of write when they sleep. But <laughs> That is a superwoman. That's like, yeah, you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And a lot of people say they're like, oh, you know, like, do you make enough? Is is your time, you know, really worth it? You know, do you make enough to like, I guess, per hour that you're writing that it would like uh, make sense? And honestly, I just tell everybody, this is my nap time money. Like I make this while they're sleeping. So it's not, 
it's not a loss to me like if I don't make money off of this because I would be watching TV or something you know like this is it's it's not like I'm missing out on anything a hundred percent I absolutely love that you said that because <laughs> it's actually a misconception that I feel like a lot of if people aren't in I mean if people aren't in any kind of business and you are just thinking about you know getting paid hourly I you do get that a lot when you're doing mm-hmm. when you're doing your own thing particularly when it comes to something like writing which can be seen um I mean I know I'm in Australia so it's a it's a lot it's even very different <laughs> like it's a, it's a little bit more of an, an out there thing if you're not writing like non-fiction but um I feel like people definitely have this perception of like why like why are you doing that does that make sense does it like financially and I want to I like love to switch it the other way because you have a product one that you get to write on that you love but then you also have a product that sells on forever so it's not actually about focusing on the hourly rate it's like actually I now have products that I can sell forever for for giving that time Mm -hmm. so I think of it that way as well right right I I know um I'll I was like, I was with my husband over the weekend and I was like, we like wake up and I was like, look how much money I made. <laughs> it's like, we just woke up. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> you know, like it's like nothing compared to what he makes, but you know, it's, it's, it's mine. So I don't care. <laughs> and that's you just made that while you were sleeping. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's worth it. It's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's, it's, it's honestly like over time you're creating products and I think once you have a product business like that like it's it's changing mm-hmm. the mindset of things too which which I absolutely love about and I'm so glad that you brought that up because I don't think we've spoken about that too much on this podcast so thank you I am so when this book okay I don't I mean everyone needs to get their hands on House of Bane and Blood now because you've just like explained that I've seen like a couple of your like little videos that you've on reels that you've got on Instagram I'm like oh my god this is amazing so everyone needs to go to Instagram <laughs> check it out now once you've heard that you can go and purchase it is it on like where 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 can everyone find everyone can find it everywhere? Pretty um, so pretty much everywhere. Amazon's the big one, of course. Um, but yeah, it's at pretty much all the big retailers. So awesome, excellent. Everyone go and, and get. It them. might be coming to audio soon. Oh, very much, but I absolutely love <laughs> it. In the works, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Have you done an audio yet? No, I'm well, no. my small press did, but I wasn't really involved in any part of it. So I don't feel like I can say that I, I, yeah. I didn't do it. So yeah. um, this is my first time really like being involved in the process and I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. That's epic. That's excellent. That'll be, that'll be out maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Follow, follow Alexis on any any social media. I'll put it all in the um, show notes to see if, if anything is happening there. And um, there'll be more in this series. So, so make sure you stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us, Alexis. And where can everyone reach out to you? Do you want to like give us your little tags and, and website, et cetera? Yeah, um, you can find me at Alexis L. Menard on TikTok and Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter or anything else. Um, those are my big two. And then um, my website's alexislmenard.com. Or dot org dot org yeah how to change my yeah i will put that all in the show notes thank you so much alexis <laughs> thank you so much for having me